0: Hey, it's Swedenborg Live. Welcome everybody, it's really great to have you here. My name is Curtis Childs and I'm gonna be your host as we get a chance to talk about the most important stuff in life. Yeah, yeah, why wouldn't you wanna do that? And I'm joined today by a really spectacular top of the line panel of human beings. Uh, We got with us today, Jonathan Rose. Hello, Jonathan, how are you doing?
1: Hey Curtis, I'm doing well. It's a beautiful day here, and um, it's so nice to be back with you all on a live show.
0: Very cool. Well, it's great to have you here. The show would be literally not the same without you. Um, hey Chelsea, welcome. Thanks for being on the show.
2: Hey, thanks so much. I'm happy to be here too. It's exciting to be having this new time, and uh, you know, excited about doing answering some questions.
0: Yeah, nothing like knowing that there's people on the other side of the screen that want to care about, talking about Swedenborg stuff. It's a good feeling. Rounding out our panel tonight, Karin, how are you doing?
3: Hi, doing well. Uh, It's finally warming up here in the Midwest. I'm near Chicago and it's been frosty and chilly, (laughs) but uh, finally warming up and I'm so happy to be here Uh, looking forward to interacting with you all and the audience.
0: Awesome. Well, let's get into it. And when I was saying we're going to take questions, that's not a joke. We really, all these questions come from you live in the YouTube chat machine. So get in there, write your questions up, and we'll take them in and answer them as a group. Um, As you're doing that, if you want to, beyond a question, if you want to submit a tribute, like, let's say you got somebody who is still very much alive, but they just happen to have crossed over into the next life, to the afterlife. Um, let us know. Let us know that you're thinking of them. And if you want to write their name in the chat and a little, any couple words about them and say this is a tribute, at the end of the show, on the air here, we're going to read it out to, to know that we're thinking about people, not just in the physical, but on the spiritual plane of life uh, where we're all headed anyway. So get those in as well. One last piece of important business is that we are not for profit. So it's only by all of you supporting us that we can do what we do. And we like to turn that into a game when we do these shows. So the game goes, if we can hit our funding goal, we will reward you with a brand new feature, which is we're going to give you 15 minutes of extra time, but it's specifically game time. We have Couple, Two brand new games and an old favorite game returning. And if we can hit our funding goal of $104, then you'll be getting that extra time added on to the usual Q&A time. So go to offthelfthelife.com donate and get that started. Why $104? It's in honor of our quote of the day, which comes out of Secrets of Heaven number 104. Okay, so let's use this this opportunity here to get thinking spiritually. People today have no idea what perception is. No offense to all of us who are today. It is an inner feeling for whether a thing is true and good. A feeling that can only come from the Lord, which was very familiar to the people of the earliest church. The sensation is so clear for angels that it gives them awareness and recognition of truth and goodness of what comes from the Lord and what from themselves. That's getting me to think about the, the people we we're just talking about, the, the tribute people, you know, people that you knew who were living here, they're now angels getting that perception, getting that clarity on what's important in life. And that is an awesome thought. Okay, questions. I'm serious, let's do it. What's our, what's our first question? Oh, we've got one here from The Cube. The Cube asks, oh, there's more stuff to do?
3: Uh, I thought there was another. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) We have a different question earlier in our chat there.
0: Oh, got it. Yeah, right, right. Okay, good. The cube? Wait one minute. We'll be right there. This is, um, this says, did Swedenborg?
2: No, okay. 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 I think it's just the one in the chat that we're meant to respond to, but now it's changing.
0: (laughs) So we, we, we've we got, I, I think we're all right. We were just checking in beforehand about a question, right? So I think I'm going okay. to go with the cube.
3: Yeah, sorry. Okay. Well, confused.
0: Karen has to do that because she's our community <laughs> care manager, and it's her job to make sure that we are there for everybody. So I appreciate you trying to do that. But yep. in the end, you are overpowered by the rest <laughs> of us. We'll get We'll get to that question, I'm sure, in a minute, but we've got this one that I think came in first. So this is the cube who asks... What would Swedenborg say about children with past life memories? Is reincarnation real, possibly from other planets? How do you you explain that? A lot of people talk, you have little kids who hear anecdotes about them credibly relaying episodes in what seems like a previous life. How how does that work? And are you just going to say nothing's happening there? What would Swedenborg say? Karen, yeah, do you want to kick us off?
3: Well, we can just share what uh, seems to be the case from what Swinborg shares. I know everybody has to decide for themselves what um, what to think about that, and I know that there are amazing stories of very vivid memories that children are having that was not, you know, from their life obviously because it was from some adult's life in the past. And what um, what Swinborg says that uh, can be. An explanation for that phenomenon is that we have uh, spirits all around us. We're always in connection with spirits and angels through our minds. And um, most of the time we are not um, aware of who they are, those spirits and what lives they lived or whatever. But sometimes there can be, I think, as Curtis sometimes says, a leak. That there can be a memory leak so a spirit that is near someone uh, so a person on earth can start experiencing the memory of a spirit that is near them and it feels very vivid because in the spiritual world and in spiritual reality people can share memory and thought and feeling very tangibly like very vividly you can give someone your (laughs) your feelings and your experience so that uh, everyone can understand each other better And so I, it seems to me that uh, children can, you know, some children can be very aware of spiritual reality around them. And I think perhaps it is that a child that's experiencing that is just very aware of a, a, the memories of a spirit who, who is near them. And so that's um, how I think of it. Nice. Yeah. I was just reminded of, um, the
2: Netflix series called surviving death, right? I think that's what it was called and um, or what it is called anyway. And they did one episode on, on like uh, children who have past life memories like that. And I found it so interesting to watch because it seems like, you know, you're just given examples of children that have these past life memories. and yet, when I was watching that and applying what I understand from Swedenborg's experience that, uh, you know, what Karin was just saying there, you can have, and children especially, can sometimes be very open and can not know what's going on, but they're just adopting the memory of another spirit, and so they know their whole life story and everything, Um that that seemed as just as plausible of an explanation. If not, it made sort of more rational sense because it gave you something you could do about it versus the idea of like, well, you're a reincarnated this person that you're talking about, you know, and you know how they died, especially when the children seem distressed by that information um, that they, that they've been, you know, that it's, that they're a reincarnated spirit and yet they have some sense of separation. Like they are that person, but they're also this other being. So like, uh, I found myself feeling like if I were to, you know, have that kind of an interaction, like f- know of somebody who was having the kinds of experiences that they showed on surviving death, I would say, you know, give the spiritual explanation because then you can really support the child and understanding like, okay, you are a spirit and your life in this world is about developing your sense of identity. So you're allowed to differentiate yourself from what this spirit is, you know, this other experience that you're having or you know like it gives you something to work with and I find that like so I would imagine would be a lot more comforting to a child if I were a child and I was like what's going on you know it would it would sort of help me uh you know understand the spiritual world and know how to work with it um so
0: yeah Uh, that's that's great to think about the impact as well I want to hear Jonathan weigh in on this, but first I want to say thanks to John. Not that John, but our friend John who donated. We are now on the board, moving towards our goal of $104 by the end of the night to get your 15 bonus minutes. So thanks so much, John, for getting us started. And Chelsea, you just made me think a little bit of, is it Occam's Razor, the simplest yeah, yeah, explanation? It's, really... it's like, okay, so if you have a kid who knows a bunch of stuff, is the simplest explanation regardless that they're both pretty out there that you were another person. And then you've like collapsed into being an, a baby again and formed a new consciousness, or you just learned about somebody somehow. Like right now you, there, there's all kinds of ways to know about people's lives through TV programs and stuff. So uh, that the memory leak, which I don't know, I, I'm sure I heard that from somebody. Um, yeah. So anyway, Jonathan, what do you think about the whole thing?
1: Yeah, it's a very interesting conversation. And and uh, I, too, was fascinated by that show and astonishing examples they had on there of specific names and episodes and what happened and, and all this. It was really astonishing to have that kind of level of leak. Swedenborg uh, says in Heaven and Hell that the way that it's structured is that spirits memories... Um, Uh, that they come into our memory, we don't come into theirs, you know, we can't have their memories. And then in the next sentence, he says, and when that does happen, it causes that phenomenon, you know, that we, it doesn't say this in the translation exactly, but we call deja vu. In other words, it it, it does sometimes happen, but generally it's set up not to happen. And uh, children are very open. I was thinking about the phrase in the book of Revelation Remember from where you have fallen, you know, the idea that we used to be in a pretty high state when we were when we were younger. And so I think we are closer to that other world. And I was very intrigued, as you said, Chelsea, that uh, for the children this was kind of a miserable thing you, you know you would think if this was hey great i'm alive again i get to have a second go you'd be <laughs> like so thrilled and and uh, they didn't it seemed to be a burden uh, to them and i was also interested that over time it seemed like it it just went away and and they lived their own life kind of thing and, and that just mm-hmm. sort of naturally happened so to me the evidence seemed to fit better with with swedenborg's explanation uh, just a quick thought about uh, reincarnation. Um, I like Swedenborg's explanation about it. Um, there are, um, like, if you think about it from your own standpoint, this is just a silly thought I've had sometimes. Um, sometimes you think, man, I would love to just start over again, not be who I am. You know, let, let's just, uh, you know, start over again. But, um when you think about people you love, I don't want someone I love, you know, my father passed away recently, I don't want him turning into somebody else. And now I've kind of lost the thread and I don't know who he is. And I've got to kind of find him or whatever. I'm hoping when I cross over, he's one of the first people I see. And, uh, and I expect that to be the case. Uh, so there are other things that we, as we've explored in this show before, that uh, I think led to that idea of reincarnation there's some truth to it about the cyclical nature of our inner lives but not really literally true that you just kind of mechanically get back in it in another person's body and and because the nature of what a spirit is is it it's formed uniquely in that one body you can't be that same person in somebody else's body that It's easy to think that way, but it doesn't show an understanding of what the mind really is. Anyway, those are some thoughts.
2: Very cool. Yeah, well, I I have one additional thought that I know we're using a lot of time on this one question, which is great, maybe. But um, just that that made me think of a conversation I had once with a woman about uh, she was she's Jewish and she was telling me about their understanding of reincarnation from the Jewish faith. And so it's like I'm very familiar with sort of the New Age and more like Eastern Hindu tradition of reincarnation, but I hadn't heard of anything like it in uh, in the Jewish faith. And I'm not sure if that sort of just connect, connected to sort of like a mystical and the Kabbalah kind of a perspective, but um, it was describing like uh, sort of the spirit of an ancestor being reincarnated into their descendants, potentially like somebody, a descendant having a particularly strong tie with you know, one of their ancestors' spirits, so that it was almost, it was like that spirit is reincarnated in this child. And uh, again, it's kind of like, you know, so I just, there's, it seems like there's just a lot of different ideas about what reincarnation might even be. And just from that angle, it's interesting, because that, that, you know, Swedenborg's understanding and experience of the afterlife allows for even that to be sort of possible, because we do have these spiritual ties with those, with those people who are still, you know, like on the other side, but we're still a part of them, or like, you know, connected with them through spiritual community and association. So it sort of allows for that there to be that, you know, you could think of it being in those terms. Um, But anyway, that's just came to mind. Interesting.
3: Yeah. And, and for anyone who feels like just one, one go at this life is not enough, and (laughs) that worried about you have to get it all done in this one life, Swedenborg makes very clear, nope, this is just a little start. There's lots of cycles of growth that continue, but it can all happen in the spiritual level without having to come back into a physical body.
0: Very cool. Uh, and, we, and if anybody wants to a little bit more about that, we did a show called Do We Reincarnate, which you can look up on our YouTube channel. Hey, um, wow, people have really been donating a ton. We're at $150 raised, so we're... Oh. Where oh, we're our, our goal. So we, we said that we would go right into our games section. So maybe we're gonna go right into the game section since we hit it this early. Um, <laughs> wow, are we ready for that? Maybe we'll do, take one more question and then do that. I just wanna say thanks. We had an anonymous contribution. We had Michael in memory of Diana. Um, so thank you so much. Um, yeah, let's take one more question and then we'll hit our game section because I, I, we didn't anticipate everyone being so generous so early. Thank you. Um, but uh, just because we hit our goal doesn't mean that if you want to chip in, it won't help us. Off to lefteye.com slash donate. We're a not-for-profit. So all this programming uh, uh, is made possible by people doing exactly what you're seeing right there. So thank you so much. All right. Let's go to a next question. This I, I love this one because it's like let's just dig into some good old theology. Skippy asks – I'm having some trouble understanding the difference between the traditional concept of Father, Son, Holy Ghost, which I don't fully understand to start with, and Swedenborg's idea of this. Can you explain? Yeah, what's going on with it? It's, it seems like a strange, cumbersome construct. What's it all about? Swedenborg didn't abandon it; he dove right into it. So, yeah, Jonathan, do you want to kick us off?
1: Yes, I'll I'll try the um. To Swedenborg, it's very important that there was a Trinity, uh, but the, the Trinity has been misunderstood. Now, I'm on, you know, thinner ice trying to describe uh, the traditional views of the Trinity. I hope I don't don't misstep here, but from what I understand, there's the idea that there was the Son of God from eternity. In other words, that the Father and the Son were came into ex- existence at the same time. There was a God, the Father, there was a Son— and the son assisted in creation and and so on. Um, uh, And so of these who Jesus, who was born into the world was that son that always existed. Uh, And so you, you always had this Trinity and then Jesus came into the world. Uh, Swedenborg says, no, think of it more like this, that the father, I love this analogy because it's the most helpful one to me is that the father is like our Spirit our, our soul, who who you really are. Think of your mind or or whatever, and then uh, Jesus is like that soul taking on a body. Uh, the soul, Swedenborg says, creates the body in the womb, and so it's as if that uh, God that always existed then took on this human flesh, and when that flesh was glorified and disappeared from the tomb. As we read in the New Testament, uh, the Holy Spirit was the availability of that more accessible God uh, everywhere at all times forever. That's what the Holy Spirit is. It's actually Jesus's um, spirit. There's a lot of biblical things we could get into about that, um, which are very fun. But I, I like that idea because there were things that God could do. Let me just spend a second on this, too, that that part of the idea was that God, as he is in himself, could have could have come down, uh, but would have just toasted the earth and, and destroyed everything. Uh, actually, in a way, the human form was a way to buffer that divinity. So just enough was available to us to solve our problem without frying our brains or or cooking us into non-existence. And, and um I don't know how I'm doing here, but but um, uh, I like Swedenborg's view because it has a unity, which is this is one person, just as we are one person, our Holy Spirit, so to speak, is just our uh, effect going out. Like we write, gosh, that person that, don't they write this kind of email or they wrote this song or you feel someone's spirit from their painting or whatever it is. Uh, that's our radiating effect. And so soul, body and effect is like father son and holy spirit and but that's that's one god and yet it's important there's a reason why there's three parts don't know if i made any sense at all but there you go yeah let's
0: sure let's yes. yeah
2: and i uh i think the i'm just reminded similarly we have a show called how to understand the trinity maybe skippy's already watched it and that <laughs> didn't help <laughs> um, but uh but uh Similarly, I think it just came to mind to mention of like, when you're reading the text of the Bible, it can get confusing because Jesus is talking about his father a lot. And it's like, why would you talk about, I don't talk about my soul like it's my mother. Um, Maybe I should, I don't know. (laughs) Um, But uh, so it can be confusing, but um, that, and we talk about this too, I guess, in the spiritual battles of Jesus Christ show, but this idea that, uh, when you start to understand that the way Jesus, what, when he was in the world, he was going through a process of, um, you know, of gradually becoming glorified. And so he went through phases of feeling separate from his, you know, divine soul self that is love itself. And, um, and at other times, you know, aware of that connection and, Um, and so, uh, there's sometimes where Jesus is speaking with all authority and then other times where Jesus is experiencing this sense of separateness and, um, you know, struggling and, and everything. So there's, and so similarly in the word, there's just that, um, Jesus is always speaking in, in correspondences with parables. And so to describe that father son relationship also has this correspondence of divine love, Swedenborg says, and then um, divine truth is the sun. And so that it connects with that, um, you know, eternal connection between love and wisdom. I don't know if that's either helping at all, but thought to add that thought,
3: take it away, Karin. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great. Um, I'll say that one way to think of it is, um, from what I understand a, a more traditional idea of the Trinity really has, um, different, uh, Personalities in there, meaning there's there's this father who got angry with the human race, and then there's this son who is nicer and who who intercedes and says no, please, I'll I'll sacrifice myself, and then the father isn't angry anymore, and so it's like these two two people, and then and then the Holy Spirit is is a little more mysterious, you know, so, um, somebody. Uh, that came into being after, after Jesus was, was around. But um, what Swedenborg presents is it's all one being, it's all one person. And if we can understand a little better that we have an inner and an outer self or a higher self and a lower self, and that sometimes those are working in harmony and sometimes they're at odds or not at, well, at odds or, or disconnected. Like you can sometimes like just forget this higher perspective that you usually have and just get into despair when, you know, the deeper part of yourself uh, knows better, knows it's going to be okay or, or fall into a habit that your higher self doesn't want (laughs) you to. Um, So just uh, Jesus was demonstrating the same dichotomy that we have in each of us, that there's this deeper part of ourselves and then this more outer part of ourselves. And it, but it's all one person. And, we go through a process uh, that for us is regeneration of getting those two more in harmony and more in sync so that eventually they're just really working as one. They don't have sort of times where they're not quite in sync. So um, the traditional sense has more of an idea of two different people that have kind of two different things going on. And Swedenborg is more one person, a deeper level, a a more outer level, and the, the process of getting those Um, more and more in harmony.
0: Great. No, I love it. Three great perspectives on it. It makes me think about us being in the image and likeness of God. And it'd be strange if there was us and we were just us, but then God has these three people or elements in him that seems different than us. But I really was just the other day thinking about how we have this Trinity and you can, yeah, there's a couple of ways you can slice it. There's like the inner and outer, level of your consciousness but even if you just simplify and say you got your spirit and your body and then your life if i think about it, i've got my spirit which is like my thinking part but then i got my body which is oh i'd really love to go do that but my back isn't gonna let me do that right now and then there's like a state of my life like I, how, how many dishes are in the sink um how much mail is on the counter we do have these it's not the holy spirit but it's the spirit that you know, that we have is sort of out there and you think about God's, uh, God's soul, which you can't get closely, but the body you can. And the life is like, I don't know, God, instead of like male on the counter, he's got us on the counter, like getting, you know, the little things he's fixing us uh, 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 up in us and everything like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: Holy spirit as that influence. And I think with once Jesus, once uh, the father and son, you know, the, the inner and outer were really harmonized and in sync, then this new influence that could come through from God to us. And, and affect our lives, like you're saying, Curtis, is is the Holy Spirit.
0: So let's play some games. Since we just got done talking about the Holy Spirit and the, the Trinity and everything like that, we said if we hit our goal, if this, this little bar turned blue, which it sure did, uh, we would do our extra 15 minutes. And in these 15 minutes, we have some educational games that we're going to play uh, that should challenge all of us on screen and also continue our our conversation through these important topics. So the first game that we're going to kick it off with is called Swedenborg or Swedenbot. Chelsea, do you want to kick us off here?
2: All right. So the timer's going, right? So uh, for Swedenborg and Swedenbot, we fed an algorithm all of Swedenborg so we have our little pet Swedenbot now who who tries his best to write the same kinds of spiritual ideas that Swedenborg does and uh and so our job as the panelists uh, I'm the game master for this one because I happen to know the answers but um is to read these three quotes or in some cases there will only be two quotes and uh Decide which is the Swedenbot quote. Find the Swedenbot quote. So you guys are gonna talk about it and eventually come to a consensus. So maybe I'll read the three quotes um, in no particular order, but uh one says, the word's literal meaning is like a garden of trees. And then another one: people who have divine truths because they have a body of teaching are in the middle of the garden where the trees of life stand. And the last one truths in the words, literal sense are meant by the precious stones in the garden of Eden. So which <laughs> is the Sweden bot? Oh, okay. uh,
0: the Sweden bot's so cute. I mean, I've got a hunch, but yeah. What, what do you, what do you think?
3: Jonathan, what are you going to say?
1: Well, I, I, I'm amazed. There are three such similar quotes here. It's very interesting. Um, uh I saw this one, if I'm correct, not by um uh, logic, but just by memory, that the uh two longer quotes uh I remember. The third one, I think the word's literal meaning is like a garden of trees, is is not wrong. You know, that that's true in the Garden of Eden and so on. But so the Swedenborg bot is <laughs> that I'm guessing that's the Sweden bot, and it's not wrong but the other ones are a little more detailed
0: yep, yep. yeah I would I would go with it um, it just seems a little bit clunkier the words literal meaning is like a garden of mm-hmm. trees is, are, <laughs> are gardens really made up of trees or what would we be talking about a grove of trees <laughs> yeah but to, but like I see what you're saying it's not it's not totally wrong I mean trees being a but but what's it really saying, right? Is like a garden of trees, the correspondence doesn't quite hit. Like, I don't feel like I'm learning something from it.
3: Mm. Yeah, that oh. was, yeah, that was the same with me. Like I it, it wasn't quite uh, resonating with the symbolism, but I know the symbolism changes all the time. <laughs> so I could be wrong, But but yeah. Is the literal meaning like a garden of trees? It seems like there's other things I've heard more often as the symbol. Right.
2: So it sounds like consensus for the literal words. Literal meaning is like a garden of trees. So let's see, which is Swedenborg or Swedenbot. And you guys are correct. That was the Swedenbot. So
0: you found the Swedenbot. Humans versus machines, go humans.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we've got a couple more. So let's see what the next one is. Okay, here are your choices. Which is the Sweden bot? The Lord is the word, and the word is the divine truth that radiates from the Lord. Or from the Lord's divine human radiates the divine law or divine truth, which is the same as the word.
0: Wow, okay, so wait, 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 let's really get serious about this. This
1: is really tough, this is tough. the word? The word is the divine truth that radiates from
0: the Lord. From the Lord's divine human it's the divine law of untruth, which is the same as the word.
1: I I think the bottom one is real.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing.
1: They they are both mighty mighty good, but I think just that or sounds more like Swedenborg, you know. Yeah, and <laughs> the top
0: one is so uh, aggressively cyclical that it almost sounds like it's trying to be a like a witty statement, like a clever statement, which is not what Swedenborg does. So, are we in
1: consensus? So that's yeah, challenging, but let's control. see. Yes.
2: All right. Ah. Ah. Wait.
1: <laughs> we all got it wrong.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. I think our graphics are wrong. The the, the sweet is the divine truth that radiates from the Lord. That's
1: Oh man. Swedenblot. Okay, good. <laughs> all right.
0: We, Don't we get cool. it wrong? We can just say it was the graphics that were wrong.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got my uh, cheat sheet over here. So, um, hey,
0: we we're at five minutes. Do we want to do, do, okay. do no, bad. yeah, let's do, do this
2: next one. We just know we've got. Okay, let's do this one. So, from the Lord's divine divine human radiates the divine law, or divine. That's truth, the same one, which is the same as the word. Oh, that's confused. that's the
1: one we just did.
2: It's. it's-
3: First oh, time, okay. first time doing right. the game, so <laughs> there's going
2: to be glitches. We got two of them. It's got the round couple of ones, so we'll
3: next
1: game.
0: Okay, <laughs> great. Let's go good to the next fun. game. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, little Swedenbot. Checks in the mail. <laughs> next, <laughs> we are going to play Guess That Swedenborg Phrase, hosted by Current.
3: Yes, I will be your host, and here the panel will be presented with a bunch of blanks that is a phrase from Swedenborg's writings, and they will take turns um, guessing a letter. Uh, if you guess a consonant and you are correct, you get a certain amount of points. If you guess a vowel, I think it was five points. After <laughs> we'll see, and um, if you guess a vowel and it's correct, you uh, get one point, and if you guess the the phrase, you'll get 25 points. And um, any turn that you take, you do have the option to try to guess the phrase, but if you guess wrong, you're out of the game. So Oof. use that wisely. <laughs> so we're gonna start with Curtis. Curtis, guess a letter.
0: Uh, can I have an S please?
3: Yes, there is an S. There are two S's. Two S. ding, ding, ding. good.
0: Okay, I'd like to guess, the- no. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. On to Chelsea. Guess a letter. Uh, I'm going to say T. The letter T. Yes, there are three T's. Woohoo. All right. Very good. I'm going to assume you're not ready to guess it. We'll go I'm on. John- no. Jonathan.
1: Wow, this is challenging. All right. How about F? F.
3: There is no. Is F. there I'm an sorry. F and then yep. no? No. F. All right, back to Curtis.
0: I'm gonna go with R.
3: Oh, that
2: was gonna be my
3: guess. Yep, there is an R. Very good. Still mm. hard to guess, though. Should right? we move on to Chelsea. What do you guess? H. Yes, there are two H's, I believe. Yes, ding yes. ding. ding. <laughs> All right, still hard to guess. Should we move on to Jonathan.
1: All right. Uh, I would say um, I'll just do something easy. Go for the vowel E.
3: Yes, there are low a points. Couple but... of yep, lower points, but that moves it along very well. All right. Uh, no guesses yet, I assume. So, Curtis.
0: Okay, I'm going to go with A.
3: Yes, there are a couple of A's. All right.
0: Okay, it's starting to get real
3: all right oh gosh all right
2: well i'm just gonna go with the vowel because it's easy enough i yeah
3: there's a couple of eyes all right oh okay yes okay. or should we move on
2: oh
0: okay,
3: okay. no i'm not guessing nope Okay. am not guessing
1: okay, okay.
3: w yes there's a w all right <laughs> we'll Don't move that. on Curtis, but jump in if you want to guess. Speak up if you want to guess. Curtis.
0: I'd like to guess the phrase.
3: Okay.
0: Anything good loves what is true.
3: Ooh. Oh. You got wow. it. <laughs> very, very impressive. Very good. That is from <laughs> New Jerusalem 15. Very good.
2: Anything <laughs> good loves what is true. That's
3: great. <laughs> what a
0: nice sentiment as well.
3: It is. Yes. And I think we have time to move on to the second one. a longer one, all right. So um, Curtis won, so let's start with, can we start with Chelsea? Actually, I don't know. So maybe we gotta start with Curtis.
0: Winner takes all. (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna start by saying P. All
3: right, the letter P, no P.
2: Okay. Wow. I'm gonna go with
3: my uh, faithful T. All right. Yep. Couple of T's in there. Oh, uh, right. oh four T's. Oh my goodness. All right. Uh, Jonathan.
1: I'd like to see if there is a G hanging around in there somewhere.
3: There is a G. There it is down at the bottom. All right. <laughs> On to <laughs> Curtis.
1: I'd like to guess
3: O. Yes. Number of O's. Number of O's right okay. all right chelsea uh w yes there is a w one w two w oh two w's yeah jonathan
1: i try to pick the lowest score i can i'll go for a d
3: <laughs> there is a d yes
1: only one right. you
3: no know one of the words now <laughs> all right curtis
0: okay h
3: Yes. There are, I think, four H's, maybe. Let's see. Ooh, nice one. Where are those H's? Nice. Oh, yes. Yes. All right. Okay. um, I'll see. I was going to go with S. S as in snake? Yep. All right. There they are. A couple of S's. Okay. Let's move on to Jonathan.
1: Well, an L. The letter
3: L, there is a couple of them. Okay. All right. Okay, uh, Curtis. V. Oh, try to guess. No V. No V, Chelsea. Oh, no V, okay.
2: Well, I'll go with A.
3: There is an A, but only one,
2: I believe. <laughs> a bit Curtis is okay. ahead, I can't guess too many
3: vowels. <laughs> I'm not getting the phrase. Jonathan.
1: How about an F? Yes. Oh, F Wait. came through for me this time.
3: Yes, F did. Oh, oh, gosh. Do you want oh, oh, to I... try a guess, Jonathan, yet or not yet? Not going to get to not me, yet. but I'm going to get it. Okay, Curtis.
0: <laughs> uh, the whole life of truth flows from what is good.
3: Uh, oh, very close, but not... Oh. No, all right. Not quite. Not quite. The so, whole life of
2: truth comes from what is good.
3: Oh, woo-hoo! ding 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 ding, ding, ding. <laughs> She got it. She got it. <laughs> and that is also from that first chapter in New Jerusalem, that's all about goodness and truth. New Jerusalem twenty-two. Very good panel. Nice. Great.
0: All right. <laughs> Great game, and congratulations to Chelsea. We now have time for a round at least of our popular returning game show, Elevator Pitch. If you haven't seen this, this is a show where somebody's going to get one minute to succinctly and effectively explain what a Swedenborg concept is and why it's important. So let's spin our wheel and see who's going to talk about what. There we all are. There's our brave oh, topics. Chelsea okay. <laughs> is going to talk about taking credit, which is fitting because she just won the. <gasps> <piece of> skill. <laughs> who, who did it? You know. Okay, so Chelsea, you got one minute to talk about taking credit, what it is and, in Swedenborgian terms, and why it's important. Are you ready?
2: Well, what was in the parentheses again? It was taking credit and something merit merit merit. merit. Okay. All right. Okay, great. Three.
0: Two, one,
2: go. Okay, so, hi, stranger, who just asked me about taking credit in the elevator. Um, Swedenborg has a very interesting perspective on this, uh, which uh, he writes that we, you know, it's when we take credit, it's best to not take credit for the good, but neither, you know, take credit or appropriate what's evil to ourselves because then we live uh we can live in true freedom that way acknowledging that all good comes from the lord and all evil comes from hell so uh so when we take credit um then we're taking what is the lord's which god is love itself so we're taking that love and making it our own which then essentially kind of you know Uh, just is of ourself it's not acknowledging the lord and the lord's power and uh and then similarly
3: (laughs) 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 thank
2: goodness we don't only have one minute for all of our questions on this show (laughs) i'm used to like the 15
0: minutes (laughs) yeah no but but it's, it's cool i love that you mentioned the taking good credit for the good and the bad uh, that's that, that that key element there. And listen, you, you catch that person on the next elevator ride.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> um, they've been intrigued. They're going to be back.
3: Follow them to their office and <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, no, this is my floor too. Um, everybody, thank you so much for your contributions and, and helping us kick off our inaugural fifteen bonus minutes of gains. We'll now be returning for to, for the full rest of the Q and A period. We'll go, uh, you know, to the fifteen minutes after the hour. Um, during that, we got a donation uh, from Anonymous. Thank you so much. So remember, you'll you contribute to what we're doing and let, getting this information to the next person off to slash donate. Okay. Another question we have to talk about comes from Colin Vickers, who says, do y'all have any wisdom to offer around the ethics of consumption?" Catching fish destroys the oceans, avocados fund cartels, chocolate is farmed by child labor, sweat chops, electronics, etc. So we're looking to make an impact. Does Swedenborg give us anything uh, that can help guide our decisions? Jonathan, what do you think?
1: Well, it's a very, very interesting question. Um, uh, a couple of things come to mind. Uh, One is what Swedenborg talks about as the kind of priority of loves, that there are four, you know, love comes in an infinite variety of forms, but you can break them all down into four basics, Uh, love of God, love of the neighbor, uh, love of the world, meaning sort of material things, and love of self, which he even says is kind of corporeal or of the body. And uh, sometimes he breaks these down into just three, the first two he calls the love of heaven, and then the other two. And he says that um, if we can get these loves in the right order, they all uh, benefit and perfect us. So where I see this issue coming out to a couple of different ways, uh, the the nature of the body and the lower self, if it's dominant, is that especially for meredity, we'll have lusts, we have cravings, we have, you know, different people have different things, but but you have these galloping desires that Swedenborg talks about that are kind of like a bottomless pit. You know, if you're trying to eat in order to feel love, there's no amount you can eat to, to, to fill that hole. You know, you know what I mean? And um, so we have these cravings or desires that Swedenborg talks about a lot, And uh, that's a function for us of our love being in the wrong place. And then I think about the people who are producing the kind of things that you're talking about, that if the love there is in the wrong place, in other words, where they have a love of serving people, but what's more important is the dollars, then you'll just go ahead and, you know, fish the oceans uh, until there's no fish left there or or whatever, you know, not being wise, not being provident for the future and so on, because you're just after the dollar. And all we have to do in a way is to get the right love at the top. And then those other loves can perfect us. Our, our, our drives and desires are, are fine if they're in the right place in our mental and emotional hierarchy. And the same for, for business, of course, You to be in business, you're, you're thinking about money and so on. And so I think as consumers, we need to think about, am I like a runaway train Train with this thing? Am I taking more than is my due? And and for people who are running businesses to think also, how can I be good to the planet? How can I be good to people and uh, serve heaven and so on? And not just the bottom line.
3: Excellent. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I believe that, uh, God created uh, this whole world, including the humans in it, in such a way that it can all work if our priorities are are straight. Like Jonathan was saying, um, that that uh, the Lord created ecosystems and things where there's there's uh, enough food for everything that needs it, and things interact in ways that are just right to keep things in a good balance, and uh, humanity has gotten things out of balance due to greed, you know, uh, exploitation of things that, uh, taking more than is needed. Um, uh, you know, just, just using things in ways that, um, did not have in mind the good of the whole, it had, uh, you know, the good of the, (laughs) the self in a, in a, uh, a small way, you know, self-centered way. And so, um, it is, I think, I feel like we are as a human race in this um, process now of waking up to that. We've been there for a, a little while now. Uh, you know, think of the, um, you know, we hear stories of the the pioneers in uh, in the United States going across and just chopping down all the trees and shooting all the buffalo and everything. And just having no sense of using things wisely and not taking more than is needed. And now we're waking up to, oh, you know, Things do run out and things do get out of balance if we're not um, if we're not paying attention to the good of the whole, meaning all people, the animals, the planet, you know, all, all that. Because it really can all work together if we are concerned about the good of the whole and not only our own needs uh, at the cost of the needs of others and and the planet. And it was very cool. I recently watched this documentary on uh, Apple TV called um, The Year. Earth changed. Um, It was about uh, just the difference it made to just have this lockdown during the pandemic for a short while that people all kind of, uh, you know, travel uh, cut way down. People were mostly at home and just um, the rejuvenation that could happen in nature from just a little while of cutting back on um, excessive uh, interference with nature. And Out of that uh, came people, you know, at the end of the movie, you see people just having these ideas about small changes we could make as people to just not take more than is needed and to make sure there's also enough for the animals and that it really can work. But it does take, as Jonathan was saying, what we have to make a decision about collectively, and we can do this individually as best we can, you know. Uh, as much as we're aware to, to uh, how we're consuming things, but just to to consider the good of the whole, um, and not only our own needs, but how that impacts um, everybody and everything else.
0: Great, a lot of a lot of cool practical application there. Uh, makes me think about the levels of the neighbor that Swedenborg describes. He talks about when you're thinking about sure, there's your neighbor, which is you know the good in the person next to you, but he says neighbor on the higher level is the whole town that you're in because that's composed of more people but the neighbor on a higher level than that is the whole country that you're in and you you can extrapolate that out to the world and if you're thinking about okay how can i do how can i make it so that my actions are doing good for the world i think there's a limit to to how much it's useful because you can get so tied up in consumption ethics which i think is Colin's pointing, almost pointing that out in the question, like almost everything you can find something negative about the supply chain. So if you've become paralyzed by it and you're not able to be as useful because you're so worried about what harm you're doing by buying certain things, that's not going to necessarily serve the highest good. But when it's in a good state and and it's actually adding to your, uh, your life, it can feel fun to think like, yeah, I, I love buying this product that I know has a good supply chain. I love buying this kind of food that I know has this impact on the global neighbor or, or the, the planet's ability to sustain species and um, the product line's ability to give people good life and good working conditions and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think it can be a real way to exercise your charity. Swedenborg talks about charity the primary expression of charity being like going and doing a uh, performing a use to serve the greater whole of society that it's more about that than sort of flashy side gifts you give to organizations right it's really about going and doing your job well I could think about you know the stuff you buy every day that can be an act of charity if you're just looking to how we are the intent behind it is how can I buy something that's going to contribute to the common good you know, so hey Thanks so much, Colin, for, uh, for getting us to think about some real particular practicalities. Hey, we got some more donations. Um, we had a, a donation from Jonathan. Thank you so much. And he said, great games in the show. The previous donation we got, the anonymous donation said, with great appreciation for everything you do. Thank you so much. Yeah, and hope you enjoyed the games. They were just a little bit of fun, um, but it's all, it's all very serious stuff. <laughs> let's do one more and then we'll get to our uh, monthly donor raffle. Yeah, that's right. We're gonna give you all presents for, for helping us out. But first let's do Witch of the Wildwood, who asks, did Swedenborg place any emphasis on one of the commandments that if for some reason you couldn't do any of the others, this so you're in a lifeboat and only one commandment will fit. What what do you think,
2: Chelsea? <laughs> um well, I'm really interested to hear what other people. Like other thoughts that the other panelists will have on this question, but um, what comes to my mind right away is that uh, it's the most important one is whichever one you feel like you can focus on in your life, like whatever whatever the lowest hanging fruit is for you in your life, do that one. Because um, Swedenborg says if you are just trying to live by one commandment, then you are living by all of them. Um, in terms of obviously, you could horribly abuse that statement um and but like the idea is if you're genuinely focusing on one commandment then the the substance the spirit in that is is the same you know devotion and commitment that is going to lead you into being able to live in alignment with all the commandments so if you're if your life is you know out of sorts in lots of ways uh whatever one feels like it has the most accessibility for you to to sort of get in there um that's that is going to take you there, you know. Being able to start on that path—that's
0: great. Yeah, like which, which vitamin is the best one to take? Well, which one are you deficient in, right? Jonathan, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, Swedenborg addresses at one point this statement that was around that if you break one commandment, you've broken them all. And he said, "Well, you know, I mean." in a sense, sure, depending on what spirit you do it in. But he said something much more encouraging, which is that if you keep one, you've kept them all. Uh, Because if your heart is in the right place, in fact, he advises people not to take on too much at one time when you're doing your repentance process. um, uh, Try to narrow down to one thing. And I think it's fine to pick even like the easiest one or something, you know, because um, it has a siphoning process. It reminds me of what uh, scientists have been saying lately that um, the biggest difference you can make to your body is going from being a couch potato to doing absolutely anything. Uh, It's bigger than going from this type of athlete to an Olympic athlete or something. It's, It's huge how much good it does to do anything. And uh, Swedenborg describes how the Lord just encourages any type of movement in that direction, and will help you along. And I've I've experienced that in in um, certain ways where after you go through some repentance process, focusing on one issue, I'll find other things just kind of clean up a little bit on their own. You know, like you're you're in a better direction, you're in a little better spiritual company, and and uh, it, it moves you along. So. There's not a particular uh, one. I agree with what Chelsea said. Just, just uh, whichever one you feel called to, because the Lord's very active in that, and and um, uh and and they're all they're all good. They all they all work.
3: Yeah, that that's great. I, I love what you guys are saying, and and yeah, I think I remember one specific place in that encouraging thing that you were referring to, Jonathan's saying like if you are just consciously trying to live by one of the commandments, the Lord is working in you to, to uh, bring you out, you know, bring you along in all of them. Like you were saying, you just find that you're, you're starting to not even want to do the other things either as much. And um, just one other thing to add that uh, I find interesting is Swedenborg said the first commandment, which is Love the Lord your God with you know, don't have any other gods, um, which can be a confusing commandment. What's what's that really about? Um, Swedenborg said that commandment, the first commandment, uh, to love the Lord your God and don't worship other gods, means um, focus on divine love. the The real God is divine love, and if you just are Um, Turning to that, you know, uh, worshiping love, which is the same as worshiping God and not worshiping the gods of um, ego cravings or, you know, uh, uh, worldly ambitions or something um, that uh, become that um, infiltrates all the others. So whatever you're trying to do, if you just are trying to focus on like, I want to serve God's love best I can. Um, that's, that's kind of a commandment that can be, I think Swedenborg put it as like, it's sovereign over all of them because the whole point of not, not killing, not committing adultery, not stealing, not, um, bearing fault, you know, not lying, bearing false witness. Um, it's all because that's not what love would want. That's not what love would do. And, um, if you want to serve love, serve God, then that's going to help you get clarity about, you know, why, the why between all those other things. And so that's another way to look at it, that you like keep turning to that commandment to help you with whichever one is more, most on your plate at the moment of the other ones.
0: Yeah, we did a news from heaven not so long ago called how to ruin your ability to let God run your life. And it was focusing on that first commandment, like you were just talking about, Karin, and, and sort of unpacking another layer where Swedenborg talks about that, meaning. You shouldn't, don't focus on truth that comes from anywhere but the Lord, which is, but from anywhere but that love that you're describing, that if you, and he says that it's first like that, because it's supposed to almost like a computer code be run in all the other commandments, because you can't just say, don't, if if you're not focusing on the quality of the Lord, you can see the don't steal commandment. And you're saying, well, I'm just going to use that to criticize everyone who I see as stealing something. So it's important to get that one in all the other ones. Hey, let's take a little break from questions. Thank you so much, um, Witch of the Wildwood. Let's say thank you to our audience. We wanna have a chance to uh, to give back a little bit to all of you who have contributed and made this program possible. So I wanted to um, take a second to put up our donor wall. This is something that we we created that is this is everybody who gave to Off the Left Eye in the past month. So we're gonna put it up on screen uh, everybody in April, obviously, we you know, there's so many awesome people. Thank you that w- we, you may not get a chance to read it all. If this was you, pause it, screenshot it, know that you made a difference here for us. And so we want to give prizes to some of these people. So the first raffle we're going to do is the All Donor Raffle. Raffle. So anybody who's on that wall, anyone who's given to Off the Left Eye in in the month of April, uh, you could be winning this. So we've had a computer. Select the winner. And the winner for the All Donor Raffle is Juliet Elder. And Juliet has won either the Portable Heaven and Hell, New Century Edition Heaven and Hell, or the audiobook of Heaven and Hell. So you choose and we'll get it to you. Good news, right, fresh from heaven. Thank you so much, Juliet, for the donation. Next one is our new donor raffle. So if you just gave for your first time to us in April, welcome. And for one of you in particular, we're going to give you something back, which is <laughs> Alice helped. So you're what? going to get the yeah. same thing. Divine Love and Wisdom or Divine Love and Wisdom audiobook, an awesome one. I, I That's the one I'm listening to right now, that audiobook. And there is so much great stuff packed in Divine Love and Wisdom that I absolutely had no idea was there. It's just an awesome, awesome text. Okay, and now the last raffle is our Recurring Donor Raffle. So this is people who have signed up to give every single month, which really gives us the stability to do what we need to do. So. Out of that crowd, we want to honor in particular, randomly today, none other than John Vanderwood. Thank hey, you so hey, much. Thank
3: you, for John. Yay.
0: And so we're going to give you Divine Providence. Well, the book, anyway, and either paperback or audiobook, Divine Providence, just an awesome overview of why life goes the way it does. So thank you, everybody, for forgiven if you want to be uh, in the raffle drawing next month go to off slash donate sign up for a recurring gift or any kind of gift that will help us do what we do okay we got a couple of minutes left here to get through some more questions we've been really diving in depth on each of these ones which is what they deserve so we you know we'd always love to get to more so let's get to another one right now this is from john bishop who asks Swedenborg says that at a certain time, we fell into spiritual ignorance. Since the last judgment happened in 1757, did he indicate a time when suffering and strife on earth for all would end? So John Bishop knows his Swedenborg because Swedenborg did have this really intense claim that there was a last judgment in the spiritual world in 1757 that changed the order there. What does that do for us in the world? Are we going to see some major paradise type modifications to, to what's going on. Can, can we see a light at the end of the tunnel here for this? So does anyone have any, Karen, do you want to start us off?
3: Yeah. Um, uh, did he indicate a time when suffering stripe on earth would end? Um, he indicates that that will happen does, but does not give a time <laughs> and um, that we had a show called the spiritual future of the, of the human race. And all these uh, Bible prophecies, and actually prophecies in other religious traditions too, uh, pointing towards a coming golden age when things will be healed here on Earth and and come back into harmony. And um, but Swedenborg was, and even the angels that he was talking to, uh, didn't know when that would come about, except. The point is that it's not uh, it's it's a gradual process. <laughs> That's the other thing. Uh, what I mean is not the time when oh, we'll finally kind of be back in in a uh, balance. Um, it's going to come gradually. And it has started because if you if you look at the way things worked in the world in the mid 1700s, there has been a lot of progress since then of uh, people waking up to things like environmentalism, for one thing, um, also uh, human rights and the uh, uh, better ways to treat children and education and more um, equality for different kinds of people. Um, we've got a ways to go, but it has gotten a lot better, um, you know, at slavery issues, um, um, many things that have changed. And Swedenborg said once that last judgment happened in the spiritual world, new light was able to shine through from heaven into our minds on earth. And, but then it is our, you know, there has to be this process of decision, one person at a time, to choose. Love, you know, to choose to go through that process of transformation, of spiritual rebirth, to try to get um, love to the Lord and love to the neighbor in charge instead of um, just love of self in the world. And so it's a gradual process because it's a gradual process with we, each one of us. But each one of us that that makes that effort is um, helping the collective effort to go forward. And so it is happening and it will continue to happen. And I, I do believe, and I believe that the, uh, the Bible promises and many other religious traditions promise that we will get back to that uh, time of harmony. So what, anything we can do now (laughs) makes a difference. Like we're not supposed to be just waiting for it and wishing like, when's it going to happen? We are it, you know, like we have to do the work now uh, just to do our own spiritual growth work. And, um, so that that is how it's gonna happen as we, at the rate at which we all collectively choose to do our part.
2: Yeah, I think um, in wondering about that, I wonder about like, uh, as with that idea of, there's this new, this greater spiritual light that we are, that's filtering through and um, that it's a matter of like, what are we going to do with it? And so what's the timeline? I feel like there is that it's, it's like us being able to learn. It's not, it's the same sort of idea with like the eternity of hell or something like, is there ever going to be a lack of suffering or this, like our sense of what we have to struggle with um, in our development? And I feel like I get the sense that it's like you start that, over time, we're going to be having more and more systems, like the wisdom and our ability to stay connected to that wisdom, to know how to handle things when they come up, because there's always going to be like, or I don't know, necessarily always, but as in our lifetimes, at least, you know, there's going to be humans developing their sense of self that might go a little off course, like he describes, you know, even um, with other planets, like when people start to go off track, they get Signals Because there's always that free choice of needing to respond and be choosing to return to love, you know, to turn towards love rather than, um, you know, continuing in a harmful way. And so it's fun to think about, like, we need to learn how best to create those support networks for each other, like how best to create this world that can always have something ready there to help redirect each other, um, you know, and support each other when we're going off track so it's sort of exciting to think about what what kind of you know scaffolding can we be working on now to help humanity get to that point
0: absolutely yeah and and what what more exciting project than trying to build that scaffolding Jonathan do you have any thoughts
1: yeah the um it's a really exciting thing to think about and I agree uh with what everybody said there um Uh, I don't know of any prediction about a specific time. There's one time Swedenborg talks about a time, times, and half a time. He hears a voice in the other world say that. Uh, Ironically, a time, times, and half a time doesn't mean time. (laughs) It's uh, actually about a state. It's a lot. It would take a bit to get into it, but it's like the state when um, winter's almost over and it's going to be a a new spring and so on. So there's kind of a season to it. But as Karn said, uh, and Chelsea too, that it's about our individual choices. Uh, So part of the origin of this um, show and off the left eye was this desire to, well, I I don't know how it's going to work, but let's try this, you know, maybe this will help. And And uh, I love the Lord's radical commitment to individual freedom, that everybody in their own freedom and rationality can decide what to do once you sort of get the hang of, oh, I think this is where we're supposed to go then. Okay, well, I'll try this, and somebody else tries that. And Swedenborg also says at some point that uh, not even the angels know how this thing is exactly going to Unfold, so it's not like they're tapping their watches and saying, uh, "We're off track. Uh, we haven't hit the you know deadlines that that we we set up." Um, uh, it's so much about freedom and the being called by your own heart to do certain things to move it forward. But there are certain states or characteristics that are foretold in scripture, as Karen was saying, and um, and they're they're very beautiful about how there'll be a greater knowledge of um, God, of love and wisdom. There'll be more love between people. There'll be more love between couples and and so on. You know, there'll be this increase of love and wisdom and support, and some of the madness will die down. I agree also that it'll be a gradual process and in some ways never-ending, um, but I think that's encouraging because we'll keep moving forward um Swedenborg says that heavenly angels always see the sun as rising never quite you know it's always just on its way up and I think that's how it'll be for us going forward
0: it's a beautiful picture to to paint thanks everybody for that inspiration there at the end we're just about out of time here so we won't be able to get a full treatment to this next question but I do want to just pull it up really quick because I have a, a reference to give um Brian Lothan asks If God is love and love has to have others to love, can God exist without humans to love? In other words, does God need us as much as we need him? Which is a great question, and I just remembered as soon as I saw that, that we did explore this in a recent episode of News from Heaven. It's called God Created the Universe So That Usefulness Could Exist, where Swedenborg poses this very same thing, which is either you can watch that episode or go to True Christianity 67, where he does seem to indicate that with, uh, without usefulness, something to do, even divine love and wisdom are, are like, he describes it like a bird that eventually flies over the ocean and falls. So mystery and intrigue and, and check out those resources. So before we wrap up our show here, we want to debut another brand new segment, which is called Thought Brings Presence. So for this, I'll turn it over to you, Karin. Yeah, this is a new segment where
3: we want to um, just remember that all these people that we love and that have crossed over to the other side are still alive still with us in spirit and in love and in thought and that Swedenborg says when we think about them they actually are with us you know because in in the spiritual world thought brings presence they they you you come to be with somebody that you're thinking about because you love them and we're going to start with a a quote from Swedenborg's New Jerusalem 224 that says the outer being called the body is adapted to functioning in an earthly world. It is cast off when we die, but the inner being called the spirit is adapted to functioning in a spiritual world. It does not die. So the real, the real person that you love (laughs) cannot die. Their spiritual body continues in the afterlife And so here are some tributes that came in in our live chat of people that you are thinking of. Um, So John Childs is thinking of my brother, Justin, who was so excited about this show, Missing You, Bro. And Joy, Joy is saying, love to Jim Lively, my daddy. He would have loved Swedenborg and maybe he knows him now. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Matthew Bush is sharing a tribute to Dorothy Bush and to Robert Lee Bush. Uh, Robert used to be in our chat before Mm -hmm. he crossed over. I remember him fondly. Deborah is giving a tribute to my beloved brother, Fernand, who is having a great time in the spirit world while keeping an eye on his beloved sister, He was very brave and strong. I'm sure he's doing his jokes for Jesus. (laughs) I'm sure Jesus loves that. Pamela says, my parents have both passed, Gerald and Edith, and my husband Stan and a good friend, Gail. Thinking of them all. And from John, my parents both passed, Patricia Bishop and Emerson Bishop. They were the best friends I ever had. So thank you for sharing those thoughts of those wonderful people for all thinking about them with you. And, uh, yep, yeah, they are, they are alive and well and close by.
0: All right. That concludes our first episode of the brand new Swedenborg live. Hope you all enjoyed it. And if you're tuning in after the fact, hello to you as well. Thanks to everybody who gave and supported this program. We, we wrote, ra- we raised, uh, quite a lot of money, $225, uh, from, three new three brand new donors are in there as well so thank you everybody that lets us do uh, this programming uh, and if you're watching after the fact you can contribute as well off to left.com slash donate you can just help us do the next show and the next show and, and reach out and, and touch the the lives of people that we hear from all the time so we appreciate it very much content goes on. This next Monday, we'll have a brand new video here. We're working on a new episode of News from Heaven right now. Wherever you get your podcast, tune in on Sunday to Inside Off the Left Eye. And uh, just check us out everywhere, offthelefteye.com. We have a, a presence everywhere you need to be. And we're just excited to, to get in there and talk about the spiritual side of life. Hey, everybody on the panel, thanks so much. That That was a ton of fun getting to hang out with all of you. Loved it.
3: Yeah, that so, was
2: really great. Thanks so much.
3: <laughs> thank you so much, everyone, for your financial donations, your su- support and being here and watching and your wonderful questions and tributes. Love spending this time with you. All right.
0: So let's take those good vibes and bring them out into the world. Thanks, everybody, for for giving us some of your time here. And we'll see you again really soon.